wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, every day, daily motivation. Send me a text right now because in life, you don't get rewarded for being good. You get rewarded for selling how good you are. And if you get one thing from this episode, take that. Let me say it again, just to make sure you got it. School rewards you for being good. If you're really good at what you do in school, i.e. passing tests and doing your homework, you get rewarded. In life, you get no rewards for being good. Dayolday.com. Pretty exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has, relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOlDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. Today's episode is brought to you by our newest sponsor, AG1 by Athletic Greens. Now, you know me as a former pro athlete and a person who stays in pro athlete shape, still work out every single day, still have trainers, still running 10K races. I don't mess around with what I do with my body. I don't mess around with what I put in my body. So when I looked at AG1, I was looking at the label. And I noticed that it's made with 75 super high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients that deliver benefits such as mood, immune system, and sleep support, sustained energy, and so much more. And I love the fact that it comes every month, so I don't even have to think about or how much do I have? Am I going to have enough? Am I going to run out at a certain time? And I also get the travel pack, so I don't have to miss any days. It tastes great. It doesn't have that nasty aftertaste that you get with some kind of any kind of supplements or if you're taking any pills or anything like that. You just mix it with some water and you feel good knowing that you've done a lot to take care of your health just by taking this every single day. So here's what I did to partner with Athletic Greens. If you want to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash work on your game. That's athleticgreens.com slash work on your game. Check it out for yourself. You get your first order and you're going to get that free one year supply of vitamin D, five free travel packs. And this can be your foundational nutrition drink that you take at the beginning of the day to get all those vitamins and minerals and nutrients that you aren't getting from your normal diet, from what you're normally putting in your body, you're going to get all of that taken care of at the start of the day, every single day. And you're hearing this from an athlete. You're hearing this from somebody who does not mess around with what I put in my body. And I don't mess around with what I recommend to my audiences. I only recommend you things that I will personally use myself and things that I can logically make sense of them making sense for me. So I will recommend them because I believe it'll make sense for you. So again, that link is athleticgreens.com slash work on your game. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash work on your game for your free one year supply, vitamin D, five free travel packs with your first order of AG1 by Athletic Greens. Again, athleticgreens.com slash work on your game.
You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there, boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. Then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unified philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is who-ing over doing. Who, W-H-O-I-N-G, who-ing, I made up that word, overdoing. Before we get into what that means and why we even need to talk about it, first of all, let me remind you, I have a daily motivation text I send out free of charge every morning. To everyone who's in my text community, this message is guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp, and on point. You want to get it, just text me at this number, 305-384-6894, and every day starting tomorrow. When I send a message out, you shall receive the daily motivation text. You can even respond to those texts, and I might just text you back because I do respond to people's text messages. Secondly, work on your game university. That is the place where you take the next step with me. That's where my coaching program is. Those of you who are serious about going to the next level in your business, in your life, in your mindset, and everything that is required to make those things happen, join my program at workonyourgameuniversity.com. Also, if you want to get access to all the courses you heard me mention, like 30 Days of Discipline, Bulletproof Mindset, ASAP Confidence, Sell Yourself business builder, next mission, work on your game system, and 30 other courses, content machine, literally 30 other courses, go to workingyourgameuniversity.com and you can get access to all those courses. You'll be taking those courses like within the next five minutes. All you got to do, again, go to workingyourgameuniversity.com. That's it. Let's get into the topic, which is whoing over doing. This is taking the who, the person, over the doing, which is the actions. I'm not saying the actions don't matter. Of course, I'm, I would never say the actions don't matter, but whoing it can be more important in specific contexts. And I'm going to explain those contexts here today. So this is a principle that can apply to your team building, to your task and project completion, and to your personal business. Who, meaning having the right people in place, is more important than the do, i.e. doing the right stuff. Okay. So today what we're going to focus on is the is you as a person and the marketing of you incorporated, i.e. your professional life, your business life, whether you're an entrepreneur, you're working at a job, you're in school, or you're somewhere in between all of those trying to figure out what to do next. This is, that's the context in which we're going to discuss this here today. And again, it's all about the who, the person, more important than the do, the actions. Again, get, get the person right first, then you do the actions, not the doing, then the, then the person. Remember, be, do, have, how we talked about so many times here on the show. Be is the person, then do the action in that order. All right. Point number one. Today's topic, once again, is whoing over doing. Once you have a baseline level of skill and ability, you do not need to keep working on getting better at doing the thing. I'm not saying that you shouldn't sharpen your skills and keep your skills up to point. You should keep keeping your skills up to par. Okay. But once you have the baseline level, what you need to start focusing on is not getting better at doing the thing. You need to get better at selling the thing. That's where you need to focus. Once you get good enough at a thing to where you are, let's just say, competent, it's selling the thing that you need to get focused on next. Okay. I talked about this in episode 1575, doing the thing versus selling the thing. And a lot of people make the mistake of getting to that baseline level of ability or even a higher than baseline level of ability where you think you're really good at what you're doing. And maybe you actually are, but because you're not focused enough on the marketing and the selling of it, you're not able to create the return on investment for your ability that you think your ability should be commanding. So if you feel like your ability is good enough for you to be making $80,000 a year, but you're only making 40 and then you get frustrated, you're like, man, I think I'm good enough to be making 80. So then what you do 
is you go get better and better and better and better at the thing that you're doing to where you're not only worth 80. Now you're worth 120, but you're still only making that 40. Why? Because you didn't put any of that energy into selling or marketing what you do. You put it more into getting good at it. See, if you're good at something, but you can't sell it, that means nobody knows about it. And therefore, nobody knows its value. Therefore, nobody will give you money. And this is how people end up in a position of being really good at something, but not able to get the ROI that they expect or that they feel like it is worth. And this is a tough one for many people to absorb, especially those of you who are natural uh, creators and artists, because a lot of creators and artists spend a lot of your lives being taught. All of us spend a lot of our lives being taught. Some of us just happen to unlearn this, that being better at a thing is the most important consideration, that how good you are is the most important thing. So you look at somebody else and you're like, I'm better than them. So you look at what they have and you figure, okay, I should have more than that because I'm better than them, right? But if they're better at selling than you are, they could be worse than you at doing the thing, but make more money than you. They can get more return on investment than you because they are focused on selling while you're focused on doing. You see how that can lead to different outcomes? When you go to school, for example, what does school teach us? For all of our formative years, from the time you enter preschool until you graduate high school, how long is that? We're talking 15-ish years. You spend 15 years doing what? Going to school and school rewards you for just being better and better and better at the thing that you're doing. School doesn't teach you anything about selling. I mean, who at school was qualified to teach you how to sell? Damn sure not a teacher or a professor. And no disrespect to the teachers and professors who listen to this, but their focus is not on selling things. Their focus is on teaching things. Now, who could teach you that is an entrepreneur. Why? Because they have no choice but to sell. They got to sell something in order for their business to work. Life works in the opposite way from school in this sense, because in life, you don't get rewarded for being good. You get rewarded for selling how good you are. And if you get one thing from this episode, take that. Let me say it again, just to make sure you got it. School rewards you for being good. If you're really good at what you do in school, i.e. passing tests and doing your homework, you get rewarded. In life, you get no rewards for being good. The only thing you get rewarded for in life is selling how good you are. You see that extra step there? So even when someone gets an award for an achievement, are they really the best? We don't really know. Any of you watch those award shows? Like just last week from this recording, I saw some clips from the BET Image Awards. So that's when a bunch of black people get together and give each other awards. That's pretty much that's what it is. I mean, I'm not trying to slight the awards, but that's pretty much what it is. So they got that award. Then you got the Oscar Awards. That's for like acting. The Golden Globes. I don't know if the Golden Globes and Oscars are the same thing, but you got those awards. You got all the music awards. You got like the MTV Awards and all these different organizations do award shows. When people win awards at these events, are they necessarily the best? We don't really know because most of the time what they're being rewarded for is or awarded for is very subjective. Just based on people's opinion. Does that necessarily mean you're the best because some people on the committee voted for you? Not necessarily. You get the award. Why? Because you're the most liked person by the people who make the decision. That's how you get the reward. So all of those people who are candidates for the award, you were the one that was liked the most by the people who make the decision. And that's how you got the award. That's it. I just explained to you right there how academia and corporate America works. So any of you want to know how they work without actually getting into them, I just told you. All right. When you have a baseline level of ability, so there is an entry fee. Entry fee is you got to have a baseline level of ability. Okay. So assuming you have a baseline skill level, then you and all the other people with the baseline skill level, whoever is liked the most and most connected to the person who makes the decision, that's the person who ends up getting the thing, whatever it happens to be. You do not get rewarded because you're good. You don't get a job. Any of you as a job in academia or corporate America right now, you didn't get that job because you were good. There were a whole bunch of other people who were just as good as you, maybe even better than you, who didn't get the job. Guess why you got the job? You got the job because you were able to sell how good you were. That's why you got the job. Point number two. Today's topic, once again, is whoing over doing. Number two, the thing that you are selling is you. That's your product. I don't care what you actually sell. Your product is you. I don't care if you are a chef, 
and you make meals for people. If you have your own sneaker store, you get retro Jordan sneakers and you sell those on eBay. I don't care if you are a coach and you sell courses and coaching to people. If you're a personal trainer and you help people lose 30 pounds in 60 days guaranteed or your money back. If you're a dentist and you fix people's jacked up teeth. All right. That is not what you're selling. What you're selling is yourself. You are not in the coaching business, the speaking business, the book business, the hairdresser business, or the personal training business. You are in the you business. And just swap out the word you for put your name in there. So if your name's Mike, you're in the Mike business. If your name's Jessica, you're in the Jessica business. That's the business that you're in. The more of a celebrity you are to your specific niche audience, the more business you will do and the more money you will make. So here's where you can take some time to figure out how can I make myself more known to the people who I want to sell myself to. The other day I was on a call with somebody from my university who had saw me on YouTube. They saw a video of mine on YouTube and it reminded me that at some point I'm going to take some money and I'm going to find some person or people who can help me get my you know, YouTube channel doing better than whatever it's doing right now. Because if I can get more people to see me on YouTube, because a lot of people just watch YouTube. So that's a place where I should probably get myself seen, heard, and known. I get more people to see my stuff on YouTube. It will lead me to talking to more people who could possibly come into my university. Why? Because that's the business that I'm in. I'm in the me business. So if I get more people to see me and I know that I'm good, the more people to see me, the better I'm going to do because I know I'm good. Now, if I was terrible, I probably don't want anybody to see me because that would actually hurt me. But if you're good, you want more people to see you who actually may be candidates for whatever it is that you're offering. So you are in the you business. So focus on who you are in the marketplace and on making that known to the right people over what you do and how well you do it. So one of the things that I decided to do for 2023, I'll give you a, a glimpse into how I think business wise. And I guess into my business itself is that I wasn't going to create any new stuff. So what you hear me talking about in January, I'm still going to be talking about in December. I'm not actually adding anything new or creating anything new because what I have is already where it needs to be. And it can, this can help people get to where they want to go. What I need to focus on and what I am focusing on because the year has already begun is marketing and selling and getting it known by the right people. That's my focus. So I doubt that I write any new books this year unless publisher comes to me with a godfather offer, i.e. an offer that I can't refuse. But other than that, I'm not planning on writing any new books. I'm not making any new courses. All I'm going to be doing is enhancing the marketing and the promotion and the selling and the getting known-ing of what I already have. Right? That's my focus. So focus on who you are in the marketplace, rather, over what you do and how well you do it. Because human beings, we are naturally attracted to people who are, quote unquote, somebody. You ever seen a person and you didn't even know who they were? But based on their presentation, like maybe the way they were dressed or who they were hanging with or how their people were responding to them or maybe just their energy, the way they carried themselves. You looked at them and said, I don't even know who that person is, but they look like they're somebody. Ever come across somebody who fit that description? Have you ever done that? And did you notice that you were paying extra attention to that person, even though you didn't even know who they were? And they might not even be anybody. Uh, they might just be well dressed and they just look good. Or uh, Maybe they're just very confident. They might not have anything going on. But the way they conducted themselves or the energy that they carried with them made them feel like a somebody to you. And because of that, you pay more attention. You were more attracted to that person. So when you can make yourself a somebody in a particular space, people will be attracted to you for that reason alone. So being the best at a job is not that valuable unless people know that you're the best at the job. You got it? See, because first of all, there's no objective way to measure who's the best most of the time unless we're doing something that's just straight up black and white. Like if we say who's the best scorer in the NBA, we can just go look up the stats, who's scoring the most points, and we got to give it to that person, whoever's in the lead. But many other things, like what many of us do for a living, the actual action of doing the thing, if you're an advisor or you're a coach or you're a trainer, there's no objective way to measure that because not everybody that you work with has even the same goal. So we can't just go off a black and white number 
everything is very subjective. So we don't know who's the best. There's no objective measurement to that. And secondly, most of the time, your clients and customers don't have a way of eyeballing who's the best. So since you can't figure out who's the best and you work there, guaranteed your clients and customers can't figure it out. They don't have as much information as you have and you don't even know. So even if you could explain to them what makes somebody the best, are they really going to go do the work and really figure out who the best is? Probably not. They don't know what you know. And they honestly, they don't really care. So, for example, is Tony Robbins the best motivational speaker? We don't know. But is he the most known motivational speaker? Yes, he is. Is Dr. Phil the best therapist out there? We don't know. But is he the most known therapist? Yes, he is. Is Oprah the best interviewer in the world? We don't know. But is she the most known interviewer? Well, she's up there. She's in the top five, probably. Pretty much. If I said name somebody who does interviews, most of you might be the first name you think of is Oprah and in the other areas, Dr. Phil, Tony Robbins. There are probably some relatively obscure people in all of these spaces, interviewing, being a therapist and being a motivational speaker who can do better than each of these three people that I just mentioned. Is there an interviewer who could do a better interview than Oprah, a therapist better than Dr. Phil or a speaker better than Tony Robbins? Probably. They probably do exist, but you have no idea who they are, right? Whose name do you know? Those people. So if I said name a motivational speaker, many people would say Tony Robbins again and Dr. Phil and Oprah in their respective areas. And of these three people, again, think about them and the nameless, faceless person who might be better than them. Who has the most customers? Who has the most clients? Who has the most fans? Who makes the most money? Who does the most business? These people, the known names. And am I saying here, as you might be wondering, Dre, or what are you saying? Are you saying that being the most known in a space equates to the person making the most money? Does that lead to the person doing the most business? Yes, that's absolutely what I'm saying. When you are most known in your space, you have the most eyeballs. And when you have eyeballs, you have attention. When you have attention, that attention can be turned into money. And if you don't have people's attention, then there's no way that you can make money from what you're doing. I mean, can does anybody know a way to make money from someone, make money in a space where people don't actually know that you exist? Uh, people have to actually know you exist in order for you to make money. Talked about this in episode 1920, how to turn attention into revenue. So if you haven't listened to 1920, go to workonyourgamepodcast.com. You can listen to it there. Point number three. Or you can find it in the feed if it's, I think this feed only goes back 500 episodes, so it might be out of the feed. Just go to workingyourgamepodcast.com. Point number three. Today's topic, once again, is whoing over doing. Point number three. Mediocre products and people can generate significant revenue when properly marketed and properly sold. You can have a mediocre product. You could be mediocre yourself. But if you market yourself the right way and sell yourself well, you could possibly get a position that Maybe if everything was going off of objective measurement of ability, you might not even be in the running. But that's not the way the world works. The world works in the way that I just explained. Mediocrity can sell really well when it's marketed the right way. So I'll give you an example of I don't even have guests on this show most of the time. I probably had maybe five, five, somewhere between five and 10 guests ever in the history of the show in close to 3000 episodes, but five to 10 guests ever. So Wes Piper, my college teammate, was on this show multiple times. But one of the times I asked him about the process of him getting hired as a head basketball coach at the collegiate level, which he is as of this recording, he's a head basketball coach at the collegiate level. And I asked him about how he got the job. Because again, as I said, if you're in academia or you're in corporate or any kind of job for the most part, maybe in startups, it might be a little bit different, but academia, corporate, especially places that have a whole lot of bureaucracy, anywhere you get hired, where it's like multiple people have to co-sign your hiring, that has nothing to do with you actually being objectively better than the other candidates. It does not. And Wes Pfeiffer explained this. He didn't say it in these exact words in which I'm saying it, but here's what he did say. When I asked him about getting hired as a coach, this is what he said. He said, there are three questions that the hiring person usually asks. Number one, do I know you? Number two, do I like you? Number three, are you the best? Those are his words. 
Let me say it in order again. And there's a hierarchy to these questions. You should pay attention to the order of the questions as well as the words. Number one, do I know you? Number two, do I like you? Number three, are you the best? This is a solid framework and all of you should use this. If you're trying to get hired anywhere where there is a bureaucracy, and let me define bureaucracy. That means more than one person has the cosign. They got to sign off on you getting hired. Now, if you come to work for me, there's no one else in the decision making process but me. That's not a bureaucracy. Now, if you want to get hired at a college, for example, like what's the coach at a college, at a university, for him to get hired, there was more than one person that had to say yes. All right, that's a bureaucracy. For you to get hired there, that has nothing to do with how good you actually are. Now, how do you measure how good a coach is? You can't. All right. So the question was, do I know you? Do I like you? Are you the best? All right. West was able to get that gig. And again, this is his words because he understood this and he went through the interview process with that in mind. And guess what? He's got the job. This is a solid framework, folks, because it's the same process that we think about when we are buying a product or service ourselves. Number one, do I know who this person is? Have I ever heard of this individual? It's number one. Number two, do I have a favorable opinion of this person? And number three, is this product or service good enough for me? Isn't that what you ask yourself anytime you buy something? Especially if it's coming from, actually, it can be coming from a person or a company. So let's say you buy something from Target. So the person that you're asking about is Target. Do I know who Target is? Yes. Do I trust that Target has quality products? Yes. Does this product look like it can help me? Yes. Then you buy it. There you go. You think about getting a motivational tape. Well, Tony Robbins will come to mind. So if you came across the Tony Robbins tape, first of all, you're going to say, have I ever heard of this guy? Yes, I have. All right. Tony Robbins is pretty well known. So check number one. Number two, do I like this guy? Does he sound like he knows what he's doing? If you ever come across him, his name is all over the place, his face is all over the place. So that may already be built in before you even get to the tape. Number three, does this seem competent? So if you already got check boxes one and two already checked, then three is the easiest one to check off. You get what I'm saying? This is why building an audience matters. Because there are some of you who are in this audience right now listening to me. You've been listening to my material for months or years. So even if you've never met me in person, do you feel like you know who I am? Yes. All right. So that box is checked. Do you like me? All right. If you continue to listen to this show, then I assume that I've said some things you agree with and you like and you you're going along with where I'm going. So boxes number one and number two are checked. So when it comes time to have a conversation about anything that you might purchase from me, we already got boxes one and two checked. So box number three, again, doesn't mean it's guaranteed, but this is the easiest one to check when one and two are already checked off. Now, nobody's ever heard of you. And now you have to sell something to them. That's a little bit harder. sell. that's a harder sell to do. Doesn't mean it's impossible. It's just a harder sell. We call that a cold. You're going in cold. But if somebody already knows you, it's already warm. Well, that's a lot easier to do. Okay. So do I know who this is? Do I have a favorable opinion? Is this product good enough for me? Notice that is this product good is the last question. It's not the first question. So if I know somebody well enough and I like them, listen, you don't even have to be that good. Now, any of you ever bought something that wasn't even that good because you like the person? Of course you have. So my answers to the first two questions are sufficient. I might not even ask the third question. Any of you ever bought something from somebody and you knew the thing that you were buying was garbage, but you bought it anyway because you like the person and you want to support them? Of course you have. This is the power of relationships. And relationships are about being known, liked, and trusted. Notice nothing in there about being good. And just so you know, you don't have to know somebody for 20 years to build a relationship with them. You can have a relationship with somebody and never even meet them in person. They just have to come across whatever you have out there often enough or deeply enough that they feel like they know you even if they never met you. So this is any of you, especially who wants to sell yourself, you want to sell anything, uh, being on the internet, this is a good thing that you should be thinking about. How do I get people to feel like there's a connection between me and them, even if they never actually meet me in person? Because that checks off one of these three boxes, which makes checking off the other two boxes a lot easier, at least when you do things in order. Recap in today's class, which is whoing over doing. There's a principle that can apply to your team building, task and project completion and your personal business. So let's focus on the marketing of you incorporated. Number one, once you have a baseline level of skill, you do not need to keep working on getting better at the thing. 
What you need to focus on is getting better at selling the thing. Anybody who gets hired in any place where multiple people are in the decision-making process is more about the relationship than it is about your skill. Number two, thing that you are selling is you. All right, so whether you're a coach, a speaker, author, a hairdresser, personal trainer, you're not selling that thing. That's what they get, but that's not what you're selling. What you're selling is yourself. People buy into you, it's much easier to sell your stuff, whatever it happens to be. When you present yourself as a somebody or people see you as a somebody, it's much easier to get them to do the next thing with you because they are attracted to that somebody-ness that you embody. So think of Tony Robbins, Dr. Phil, Oprah. Are they the best at what they do? We have no idea because there's no way to really measure. But are they the most known? Do they do the most business? Do they make the most money? Yes, yes, and yes. And are all those correlated? Yes, they are. Number three, a mediocre product can sell even when it's not that great simply because it was marketed properly. And again, I'm not telling you to be mediocre, but when you market yourself well, being good is not the dominant consideration. So when Wes Piper, for example, he got hired as a college basketball coach, it wasn't necessarily, again, this is from his, what he shared, not necessarily because he was the best coach because there's no way to measure who's a good coach. There's no real way to measure that. But because he had built relationships, he was known by the people he was being interviewed by. They liked him. Then the question of was he the best? Again, there's no way for them to really measure that. That question is kind of like falling down like dominoes because number one and number two got knocked down. That's a very solid framework that everyone should use anytime that you're trying to get cooperation or agreement from any person, whether it's multiple people or even one person. Have them know you, feel like they know you, feel like they like you. And then you being good is really like a tertiary consideration that is not really as important as you think it is. And remember that school teaches you just be good at everything and you'll be rewarded, whereas real life teaches you build relationships and it doesn't matter how good you are. So you can have a relationship with somebody, never meet them in person. They just need to come across your material and feel like there's a connection. When they feel that way, then again, the thing that you're offering them is not even that important, believe it or not. And again, this goes against the grain of what many of you have believed and what you've been taught. That's the reason why this show exists. All that said, text me. Tell me the best insight you got from today's class. My number is 305-384-6894 and workwithyourgameuniversity.com. Next step, get coached by me, get into the courses, get the two physical mails we send out every month. Again, workwithyourgameuniversity.com. Work on your game. Dre all day. I want you to send a text to this number, 305-384-6894. That is my direct text number. When you text me there, you'll be part of my texting community. And that means you're going to be receiving my daily motivation text, which I send out every single day to keep you sharp, focused, and mentally on point for the day in front of you. Send me a text at this number, 305-384-6894. One more time, 305-384-6894. Get daily motivation.